Hello, everybody. We're going to start a minute early. I uh, wanted to give as much time to the folks from Accenture as possible. My name is John Vividelli, and um, I'm EVP of Workplace Solutions at Tango. My company was AgileQuest, which some of you may have known. Uh, we were acquired back in January, so we've got uh, the full suite of applications. Um, and I'll talk just a minute about that. So Tango is a complete solution for everything from site selection. If you have retail stores, we go all the way from site selection all the way over through the operations of the business. So the plan, build, operate, and to how this building is being used is all managed through the platform. So one holistic solution for a whole bunch of stuff, and I'll just read it because there's so many. Portfolio strategy, transaction management, construction management, project management, lease administration, desk and conference room utilization measurement and management, facilities maintenance and space management. So, the full thing. Um, so it's a pleasure for Tango to support the, uh, this learning session today. And we have designing spaces for hybrid collaboration is the topic. And our speakers are from Accenture. Accenture has done this for 30 years, right? Uh, Dan Johnson and, the, and that team just have done a fantastic job on this for a long, long time. Um, the speakers today are Laura Fuentes Dominguez, Intelligent and Digital Workplace Senior Manager at Accenture, and Stephen Polanco, who I think is an Italian, but he won't admit it, um, is Intelligent Workplace Consulting Manager at Accenture. So please welcome them, and let's get started. So first off, I'm going to do a quick mic check. Are we good? Everyone can hear me? Perfect. Great. Uh, so today, Laura and I will be presenting on designing spaces for hybrid collaboration. Um, as Oh, we need a clicker. So I'll introduce myself to start. So it's cutting out. Can you hear me? I need to hold it up closer. I don't like talking with a mic. I would prefer to just do this out loud, but I don't think everyone will be able to hear me. So bear with me. Um, so, Stephen Polanco, as mentioned, I'm with Accenture's Intelligent and Digital Workplace Practice. So, we're the team at Accenture that helps clients deploy smart and connected work environments. So, we work with clients as they're looking at introducing um, new workplaces, new environments, doing relocations, new headquarter builds. And we introduce the technology and provide an integrated experience for their people into the spaces that they're deploying. With me today, I have Laura Fuentes, which I'm going to give her an opportunity to introduce herself. Hi, everyone. Laura Fuentes-Dominguez. Um, make sure I'm not too close to the speaker there. Also part of the intelligent uh, workplace practice at Accenture, senior manager. have been with the company for about uh, 10 years. Oh, sorry. This feels really, really close. I've been with the company for about 10 years and really passionate about helping our clients just find out how to enable and empower their employees through technology and through space design. So I'll hand it back to my colleague to continue. Perfect. So um, our topic today is around designing spaces for hybrid collaboration. Um, we're going to start with something that everyone here probably already knows, and you're going to hear this repeated throughout every presentation that happens today. Collaboration and coming together is the number one driver for employees to return back to the office. Um, I was just sat in on a previous session with HP, and they talked about some of their processes and that they just went through. And at the end of the day, it came down to 
coming together and meeting and being in person is the driver. You can build beautiful facilities, you can integrate the best technology, but the driver for people to come back in is going to be meeting with their colleagues and working together. Um, I am super passionate about workplace and the built environment, so I find myself, even in my personal life, being a nerd around this space. And so I question a lot of my friends that have nothing to do with corporate real estate and ask them, will you come back into the office? What are your companies doing? And overwhelmingly, I get, nope, no interest in coming back in, um, or some variation of, I'll come in one, two days a week, but we're not going back to the old way. I'm not coming back in five days a week. And I have one particular friend that is overwhelmingly will not step foot in the office. She has said this verbally. But the other day, I saw on a social media post that she was together with her work colleagues in a cafe. So I inquired and I said, this is coming into the office. You're just not doing it in, in your space. You're meeting with your colleagues. You're together in a space. So what's going on? And she said, well, it's easier for us to meet in a coffee shop. So I said, what's the coffee shop? And it's down the block from their office. And I said, so what's easier about the coffee shop? Well, I don't have to go through a process of reserving a room. I don't have to deal with gatekeepers and owners over what spaces are available. We can just come in and meet together. So then I said, what about technology? Like you guys are, I see laptops out in the picture. How do you guys share content? And he said, well, that is a struggle, but at the end of the day, we struggle with it in our office as well, right? Like figuring out the technology in conference rooms, figuring out how to share content is difficult. So it's not like I have any advantage there. And so our talk today is going to be focused on how do you provide that experience and how do you integrate technology and space so that your people and the employees going into your spaces don't have that same reaction. So what can hybrid enable? So when you think about hybrid collaboration, there's a business driver in terms of getting this right. Employees are much more productive when they're able to connect with their colleagues in, um, in a seamless and frictionless way. Um, the experience from an employee perspective is it's a much richer experience when we're able to connect with each other without the disruptions of um, unsuccessful technology deployments. And then there's a whole real estate um, utilization story around being able to provide spaces and make best use of your environments. But as I mentioned, there are problems with collaboration today. So today, collaboration spaces lack parity. So if we go into these environments and we're together, and there's no one remote, that's great. We can do that, we've done that for years, that's easy. Come, coming together and we're all there in person, that's perfect. Everyone remote, while there were technology challenges initially, we pretty much solved that as well. Everyone on a Teams call, great, we can do that. The real challenge is when you have people both in person and in remote, how do you solve for that? And we see organizations that are doing things around space design to accommodate the remote participant, but then we hear challenges of, okay, so we saw for the remote participant when we're in person, but now how do I talk to the people that are in the room with me, right? And so we start for solving this in silos, forgetting about the overall experience. The other one, which I, I mentioned through that story, is difficult technology. So how many of us have been in a conference room and had to take five, 10, 15 minutes in that room to try to figure out how to share content, how to start the Teams call, right? At home, we've all grown accustomed to doing it your calendar, it's Teams, you, you, click a, you click a button, and we're in the call. So when you think about this experience and this idea of bringing people back into the office, if it's easier for me to do it at home, why would I go into the office? The other one is this complex process one, and this is what my friend was alluded to in the story that I shared. 
right? This idea of we have to remove all of the friction points for returning into the office, otherwise it becomes too cumbersome to go through that entire process. Um, the one size fits all is another problem. How many people have been to an office space where every conference room is designed with a rectangular table in the middle and monitors in the front, all right? And so that only really supports maybe one form of collaboration, and Laura in a second is gonna go through the various forms of collaboration that you need to support for, but this idea that that one type of design is the way that we collaborate, is, it doesn't work for us anymore. And then lastly, this idea of gatekeepers and owners. Um, this is one that we surprisingly find a lot of people still struggle with, and we thought that space reservation platforms have solved for this because they've been around for 20 years, but we still find conference rooms and collaboration spaces that are locked by administrators, and these are the spaces that employees want to use. Right, so I, I've, I've worked with organizations where they've deployed these amazing collaboration spaces with all the technology, but your user can't reserve it. They have to go through a whole process to use it and it sits empty. So thinking about that as a friction point is really where this collaboration problem starts. Laura's gonna go through this designing collaboration spaces section. All right, thank you, Steven. So um, like we were just talking about some of the challenges, I think one of the things that gets lost sometimes is how do we actually go into designing the spaces? We have experienced a lot of the issues. We kind of have an idea where we want to go as far as implementing technology, but how do we do it? So there's three basic kind of phases that we really need to go through to make sure that we have a user-centered design um, really at the core of what we're doing and implementing. The first part is to really understand your people. So. A lot of the times we, again, like forget about the people or when we start to think about the people, we think we know what they want. Um, we might do a survey and as we know with surveys, usually you get the people that feel really passionate about something they hated or really passionate about something that they loved. Um, or you get people, or, or sometimes what people are telling you is what they think they want, but not necessarily what is actually happening, right? So it's very important to understand what your people do, also understand how they collaborate, the spaces in which they want to collaborate. Uh, after you go through that understanding process, you can start moving into the design. So at this point, you really start to map the, the needs of the people with the needs of the collaboration and how you tie that into the space. And at the end is how do you enable this, right? So we're talking a lot about technology and there is an expectation that um, the technology is going to be enabling this hybrid type of work because not everybody's coming back to the office, right? So as my colleague was talking about and at the HP session, we heard that, you know, about only people want to come one to two days to the office. Uh, and that means that most of the time, it's not that they're not working, they're still going to be working remotely. So we want to make sure that we enable the meeting rooms, not just for the collaboration that is happening in person, but with the people that are remotely in mind. Forgot about this. All right, so starting from the discovery piece, right? Some of the things is doing some research, starting to understand your different corporate functions, um, really think about team-based work, right? Uh, not everybody's going to collaborate the same way. The way that engineers are working together and doing design thinking might not be the same way that somebody that is working in like finance is doing their processes, right? So it's really understanding the different processes. What are they doing, right? So a lot of the times um, 
we think that people are going to do something different, but at the end of the day, the core of what they need to accomplish might be the same, right? Uh, facilities managers are still looking to provide the best services for their people. Uh, marketing is still looking to increase the brand of their company. So at the core, the goals that people have are exactly the same. So we just need to understand how do they do it? How are they doing it now? How are they doing it during the pandemic? When we start to look at those things, we can start to pick up on what were the friction points. Was there anything that was challenging? Was there some design thinking that was happening in which people were having to take a picture of their little, you know, sticky notes and sending it over, over, you know, through the phone to, to their colleagues? Like, well, how are they doing and what are those friction points? And the other piece that we need to understand is that there's different types of collaboration styles. Um, when we think about enabling places for collaboration, sometimes we kind of get stuck as in like, we need to make every single room enable, right? We're gonna deploy Microsoft Teams room on everything, it's gonna be two screens, and I think you kind of alluded to this. Uh, so we are enabling spaces, but not necessarily to meet all the different types of collaboration styles. You can have uh, a small group that needs ad hoc, you know, kind of content sharing, and it's completely different of more of a formal audience in which you have a presenter at the front of the room. The technology that enables those things can be completely different. And I think that's one of the reasons why we need to understand that there are different collaboration styles. And when we look at our people, we need to know which collaboration styles we need to support. So I think this just kind of goes into, yes, um, just defining collaboration principles. It's important that once you've kind of started to understand and done all of that discovery, you define collaboration principles. And the reason why this is important is because usually you're not thinking about a single floor or a single uh, building. You're thinking about your entire portfolio, right? You wanna make sure that there's equity across and people have the same access and experience across your entire real estate. So some of the basic ones that we can think of is frictionless and intuitive. Like my colleague was talking about, when you go into a meeting room and where you're trying to collaborate, you want to make sure that some of those things that made it difficult to collaborate before are removed so people can have a good experience and they want to come back. Scalable and consistency, again, going back to there is an expectation that if you have a good experience somewhere, you go to a different office, especially being dispersed teams and being so global and there being so much mobility and flexibility, you're going to have a basic um, expectation of what technology is going to be there and how you're going to be enabled. So you have to think about things being scalable. Collaboration anywhere. When you go through the different spaces on your floor, you, again, it's not just meeting rooms. What about open collaboration spaces? What about auditorium cell spaces? Can you collaborate in the different ways that you need to collaborate throughout the entire floor plate? And omni-connected, going really back, and we actually have a picture of us working there in an open collaboration space at One Manhattan West, which is our New York office, um, making sure that you have all the channels to bring in the people that are remote. So going back to, this is just like a little bit of a deep dive on some of the things that I've already been speaking about. Moving away from asking some of the questions that were really, really traditional, but sometimes box the outcome that you're going to get. If you're just thinking about how many spaces, what do they need to look like, uh, what size of monitors do people need, you're going to come out with a template that, again, doesn't necessarily support the collaboration styles. But if you go back to what are the collaboration styles, what do the teams need to do, then you can actually design different types of spaces and deploy that across your floor uh, according to um, 
according to what people need, right? So again, going back to what collaboration styles do you need to support? Going back to a little bit of design thinking, it's really important to put yourself yourselves in the shoes of people, right? What are they going through? So we start thinking about the experience. If we think about collaboration that needs to happen in a meeting room uh, and you are looking for your colleagues, thinking about the experience, okay, if I come in and no longer have a designated desk, can I come in and find where people are? Is there going to be an, uh, an office, I mean, a meeting room that is actually open where I can collaborate ad hoc? Am I going to be able to invite the people that are remotely from my team to be part of that, of that um, generative session? Am I going to be able to whiteboard, right? So if you start to look at what experience, what different things they have to do throughout the time that they are in that space, you'll be able to identify the different technologies that will enable that. And going back to the collaboration styles, Supporting something like this might be more of a team-based collaboration where you are doing a lot of generative work. It can be completely different when you're talking about like a presentation, right? If you're thinking about including the people that are remote, you might be thinking about like your rear camera, like your back of the room cameras where you can focus on the presenter, right? You might be thinking about making sure that you have um, uh, ceiling mounted microphone so you can reconfigure the space to be able to move chairs around whether you're doing round table versus training style versus auditorium so again thinking about what kind of collaboration do we need to support how can we enable that space to make sure that the journey is seamless to, in from the moment that they are looking to book or find the space find colleagues start the 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 session and actually get the their tasks done so I started getting ahead, a little bit ahead of myself. So talking about integrated technology. So when we're thinking about how do we enable the spaces, the, one of the first things that we need to do is also understand what do we already have. Sometimes it's not like shiny new vendor, shiny new product, let me just copy what other people are doing. Let's understand what we already have in our space. Let's understand what collaboration platforms we have. Is it Zoom, is it Teams? Do we need to use both, right? Um, are there anything that we can repurpose? And then you can start also start to find the gaps. Do we, are we concerned about people being able to reserve meeting spaces and perhaps not being able to see real-time availability? We know that there's this big habit or like bad habit of sometimes ghosting meeting rooms, which what ends up happening is that people believe there's no space for them to collaborate, you walk around and there's actually tons of open rooms. So that creates a bad experience for somebody that's looking to collaborate. And at the same time, the utilization of your space is being impacted. So when you think about how can we, and let's say we have a reservation system already, if we're able to integrate occupancy sensors, we can remove that friction point because we'll be able to see real live availability and people will be able to find those spaces more quickly. If we, again, are thinking about the collaboration platforms that we're using, is the AV technology in the room able to support those platforms that you're going to need, right? How, if people are struggling, let's say you're going through a laptop refresh, half of the people still have uh, laptops that have HDMI connectors versus USB-C. I think we sometimes forget about those things. How are people going to connect? Okay, we have a great cool setup. You walk in there, you can't connect. So what ends up happening is that you're both staring at somebody's screen, right? Uh, so thinking about that integration of what do you have 
what is missing and how can you bring everything together, not independently. And how are we doing on time? We're good, five more minutes. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Um, so we just put here a few, a few pictures that are examples of different collaboration spaces. Again, it's not, um, these are not necessarily everything that you need to do, they're just examples but they support different types of collaboration. Sometimes, again, if we're thinking about reconfigurable spaces, we wanna make sure that there is audio and video that is going to support people wherever they are and that the person that is on the other end is also being considered as a first-class citizen. Can they hear the people well? Will they be able to be heard? Will they be able to see the person that is speaking? If we're thinking about collaboration in two ways, right, where you want to make sure that the people uh, at the other end are heard, does the size of the display have enough real estate for them to be able to type in their questions? Is that going to be considered? Sometimes the biggest complaint that we see from people that are remote is that they're not heard. They're kind of forgotten. It's all about the people that are in the room. So is there enough real estate for them to be seen? Do we perhaps need multiple monitors, auxiliary displays, to make sure that we can also see who is joining or who is typing in the, in the chat, right? Uh, so those are just some of the examples. Again, if it's something that is more casual, do we want to put something like a Surface Hub that people can just roll around and have um, meetings that are a little bit more ad hoc. Again, going back to different spaces, supporting different types of collaboration. But I just wanna make sure that it's not lost in what we're saying, that it's really, really important not to start with the technology. Technology continues to evolve. New technology just you know, comes out every single day. At the end of the day, if we understand the people and what they need to do, we can adapt. If we have principles that we have defined, anything that we start to implement, that we start to consider, if it aligns with that, can evolve and can continue to support people as things changes, right? And again, it goes back to one of the things that I mentioned at the beginning, our collaboration styles might change, but what we're trying to accomplish is usually the same. But that is why it's important to make sure that you are able to support different types of collaboration spaces throughout, um, throughout your space, whether it's small meeting rooms, large meeting rooms, open collaboration, just keeping everything, everything in mind according to the people and that you're supporting. And I think other than that, I... Oh, completely, completely forgot about our last slide. <laughs> So the last slide is all about activating those spaces. If we do something really, really cool, but nobody knows about it or nobody knows how to use it because there's, still, there's always going to be a learning curve. Even if something is intuitive, there is a learning curve and we can't assume that everybody's just going to know because we're close to the space, we might be the ones managing it uh, or just because we are close to the technology, we know how to use it, we can assume that from everybody else. So we wanna make sure that people also keep in mind that in order to make those spaces successful and that collaboration successful, you also have to think about the change management. How do you make sure that people are aware of what they have access to in the office and how do they use it? And making sure that we're also kind of tagging along with some of those like new trends that make information really digestible, right? Short videos that are educational. Leverage your digital signage to do it. Um, there is one thing that we've seen kind of like TikTok style, short 
short educational videos, right? They capture your attention, super easy to watch, and they're easy to do. I'm not saying necessarily post it on TikTok, but copying the same type of, uh, of trend that you see that are actually capturing people. Uh, so those are some example metaverse, right? Like virtual reality. Um, what we have at, at Accenture is we actually have digital twins of some of our offices. So sometimes people actually get to experience the office and see the types of collaboration spaces we have before they even step in, uh, it, a foot into the office, right? So it makes it really exciting. It creates this anticipation um, that you're going to go and actually experience everything that you've seen in virtual reality. So these are just some of the examples. Even things simpler than that. QR codes that are deployed throughout the space. So if people need to access quick tips and tricks on how to use the technology, it can be really, really simple. So again, in order to make sure that you're activating those spaces and that people are making the most of it, education and awareness is very, very important. And it just lets people know also that you're thinking about them. So at the end of the day, we're doing all of this for the people to enable them. So uh, I don't know if we have any time for questions. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'll, I'll close out. so that's the, uh, you want to close out? No, no. Okay, so sorry. So apologies for running a couple minutes over. We had a lot of information to go through. Um, that's the end of our session. We didn't have any opportunity for questions. I don't think we have time for them, but we're around. Our team is here, so if anyone has any questions, feel free to grab us. Why don't you guys go over there and Perfect.